0: This talk was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of the North Church, as part of the 2023 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Campus Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org. So this is kind of my family, my world back in Minneapolis. Um, Like I said, I'm on staff with CO, so I work part-time with Campus Outreach. Um, But I also am trained and working as a mental health therapist um, back in Minneapolis. And so the topic for our um, life training today is emotions and emotional health. Um, And I'm not giving this talk because I'm an expert (laughs) on emotions by any means and I'm definitely not like a perfect example of emotional health. I'm very much in process with my own emotions. Um, But I'm giving this talk because this is just a topic that I care a lot about. I think a lot about mental and emotional health. And so um, I'm excited that we um, get to talk about this here. I do feel like it's an important, you know, obviously we're really intentional about the topics that we cover on Summer Project. Um, And it feels like an important topic to take a look at, both because, as you guys probably know, just statistically, um, for your age group, there are really, really high rates of mental and emotional health struggles right now. Um, And I would guess that probably even, probably all of you in this room have either been impacted by your own struggle in some way with some kind of mental health um, or emotional health struggle or you know someone, probably have close friends or family members who have been impacted by things like depression and anxiety and OCD and PTSD and addiction. And so um, this just feels like a really important thing for us to acknowledge and reflect on. Um, And I feel excited to be talking about it because emotional health and spiritual health are so connected to each other. We are spiritual beings, but we are also emotional beings. And we're gonna talk about that, how God created us. And so I just think those things are so connected to each other. And I'm really glad that we get a little space to kind of double click on emotions. So um, I wanna just be clear right up front that there is, when I talk about mental health things, I'm guessing probably a lot of you have questions about that. Um, just thinking about depression and anxiety and all these struggles that we face, there's no way for me to address all of the mental health questions that could be coming up for you um, from the front. And so the only thing that I wanna say about kind of mental health and and diagnoses in general is just that um, I have really come to see mental health kind of like a big puzzle with a lot of puzzle pieces that are all interconnected with each other. And those puzzle pieces include things like Um, your genetics and your family background. It includes things like um, your mental health, your thought patterns, your emotional health, your spiritual health. Um, Sometimes there's things in our brain and body that are um, out of whack that are impacting mental health things. And so I just, um, like I said, I can't necessarily address all of the like mental health questions. but I want you to know that if you are impacted by that, if you are struggling with mental health, I would just encourage you to be really curious about all the different puzzle pieces in your life. The physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual factors that could be um, affecting your mental health. And I'm anything that I say up here today, I'm happy to talk to you more about. I would love um, if you have questions or just want to chat sometime after this. but. Um, So I'm going to zoom in today on the one puzzle piece of emotional awareness, emotional health, because I think that's a big, a big piece of the puzzle, even in some of these more general mental health struggles. Um, So the three things that I want to talk about, kind of so you have a sense of where I'm going, um, the three points I want to make are that God made emotions good, that emotions are broken, and that God redeems our emotions. So we're going to start out with God made emotions good. Um, If you remember the other night when Dayton was talking, um, he walked us through Genesis 1 and 2 and showed us that God, as a good God, a good creator, he made a good creation. And then he creates male and female, and he calls them very good and says that they're made in his image with this capacity to um, reflect things about who he is and what he's like. Um, So as we read through the Bible, we see that God is emotional. I was actually thinking it'd be kind of cool, like, just to have that in the back of our minds as we're studying through Mark to see what are the um, stories where we see Jesus' emotions being expressed. Because um, all throughout the Bible, we see God as an emotional God. He feels love. He feels anger. He feels compassion. Jesus, um, there are stories of him feeling sad and angry and weary and joyful. Like, there's kind of this full spectrum of emotion that God and that Jesus display. So I really believe that, I think our emotions as humans are actually a part of what it means to bear the image of God, to reflect something about what God is like. Um, And it's just sort of undeniable that God has designed our brains and our bodies to have emotional responses to the things happening around us and in us, that's just wired into us as humans. Um, I do think that we're all wired a little differently in this way, I mean, if we were to, um, we're all kind of all over the map as far as your emotional wiring, meaning kind of like introversion and extroversion, where everyone just sort of tends to have a natural meaning one way or the other, and that's just part of your wiring, part of your design. I think some of you in this room are probably more naturally wired to be more expressive feelers. Like you just are really in touch with your emotions, Um, you respond emotionally to things, you pick up on other people's emotions really easily, Um, you express emotions well. Um, So some of you are just deep feelers by nature, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, Some of you probably feel like you're a lot more um, thinkers, you're more rational, more analytical, maybe you don't feel like you tend to have big emotional reactions um, and that's okay too some of you are probably just wired I actually feel like I tend to be maybe a little more wired toward the thinking side and that's natural I think that has um, created both our capacity for thinking for rational thinking and for um, emotions and so we should value you both both are good um, I also think there's kind of a spectrum of how we tend to manage our emotions though I think that Um, some of you in this room might tend to feel like when your emotions hit they kind of overtake you like you might feel like you're just swept away in your emotions or you spiral into them they become overwhelming for you to navigate Um, whereas on the other end of the spectrum maybe some of you might feel like um, you don't even know what you feel like you might not even be able to describe or name an emotion inside of you Um, or you may um, have a tendency to kind of stuff your emotions down when they're there. Rather than getting kinda of swept away and then you tend to I had a, a good friend when I was in grad school who would tease that when he was having a session with the client and they shared something about their emotions, his best response was, You know what you need to do? bury it deeper. And some of us have that tendency to just want to stuff our emotions down or bury it deeper because we don't know how to deal with them. So I think we're probably all over the spectrum of um, struggling to manage our emotions or not knowing what to do with them. Um, Another example of that I think is just that sometimes when we don't know how to reflect our emotions, you might notice them coming out kind of sideways. (laughs) Like you might notice that you have really angry or irritable reactions to things. So it's kind of like a, your reaction is bigger um, than the situation that just happened. Or you might notice yourself feeling really anxious and panicked um, and not really sure where that's coming from. And a lot of times that's a sign that there are emotions there that aren't really being dealt with. Um, so um, I think we can be all over the spectrum, but I want you to see that God's design for emotions, the reason that we experience emotion as humans, um, it's really good and a beautiful thing. So Um, Emotions are good for us because they are signals. I like to think of it like the dashboard of a car. Um, If you look at the dashboard, there's all kind of information on the dashboard that we need to know and able to drive and take care of our cars, right? We can see how much gas we have in the tank, we can see how fast we're going, Um, we can see when the check engine light comes on or the check tire pressure, like there's a lot of information and warnings that come up on the dashboard that are necessary for us to pay attention to Um, in order to drive our cars. And if we don't pay attention to that, there will be negative consequences. (laughs) We will run out of gas. We will um, keep driving our car when the um, warning lights are on. That's not gonna be good. So emotions are designed as signals too, like the dashboard warning lights in our hearts. Um, So I wanna give you just kind of an example of what I mean by that. Um, So for example, sadness. Sadness is a human emotion I'm sure we have all felt. Sadness is a signal that something inside of you needs to heal. That something is hurting. Sadness is a signal that you have lost something that's important to you. Um, And if we don't slow down to um, notice that sadness and understand the sadness and figure out how to respond to that sadness, um, we won't heal. The sadness is an important signal that's telling you, hey, there's something wrong here that needs some attention. fear is another example fear is another human emotion i'm sure you have all felt at some point and fear is a signal that your safety feels threatened in some way Um, and your whole brain and body light up inside of you to try to warn you that you feel threatened to try to protect you from the threat which is such a good thing right it's so beautiful that god designed our brain and body to have these fear reactions if you were out swimming in the ocean and you saw a shark coming a really good thing that you have a fear signal built into you that can help warn you and mobilize your body to get out of the water and get back to safety so God designed things like even uncomfortable emotions like sadness and fear to be signals that help us understand what's happening inside of us to figure out what's wrong and ultimately we'll talk more about this but ultimately to lead us back to him so God's design for emotions is really good um, but you can go to the next slide um, Dayton also reminded us the other night that the good creation um, didn't stay perfect for very long because our rejection of God corrupted the world and brought sin into the world um, and pain. And so our emotions are absolutely impacted by the fall. Um, Some of our most difficult emotional experiences happen because we are suffering in a broken world. Hard things happen in life, and everywhere from just kind of the daily inconveniences that happen that are frustrating and produce emotional responses in us, all the way to tragedies that happen. And I'm sure probably many of you in this room have already faced in your life really difficult, painful, tragic things that you have suffered through. Um, That's not the way that it's supposed to be. We live in a broken world where hard things happen, Um, and difficult emotions result from that and that's it's broken. The emotions aren't broken but the um, the suffering that we respond to is not the way that it's supposed to be. Um, All of us have also been sinned against. I mean we live in a world of sinners where all of you have experienced, you have been sinned against in ways that impact you deeply. I'm sure Um, that whether intentionally or not you have been told messages about who you are and your value and your worth. Um, I'm sure you have been treated in ways that Jesus would never treat you. And that's not the way that it's supposed to be. You shouldn't have to experience those things. But we all know that words that have been said to us, actions that have been done to us, ways that we have been harmed and sinned against, have a deep long-term impact like wounds can go really deep inside of us from the way that people have sinned against us so our emotions are um broken and on top of that we have to acknowledge the fact that our own sin our own rejection of god um is intertwined with our emotions so i don't feel sadness or fear in a pure way my sin and my rejection of god um, is intertwined with my emotions and so I make sinful choices with my emotions. I hurt other people with my untamed feelings. Um, So sin has corrupted our emotional experience. It's a part of our emotional experience as humans. Um, One example of how I think this can show up is I think that often unexamined emotions inside of you can open the door for um, temptation and sin in our lives. Um, So what I mean is I, I want to talk just for a minute about like unhealthy coping strategies. We'll talk later about maybe some healthy ways to kind of navigate or respond to your emotions. But unhealthy coping strategies are any behavior that temporarily relieves what you're feeling without actually addressing what you're feeling. Um, So my example for this is, it's like if you were driving your car and you have the dashboard in front of you and the warning lights go off telling you something's wrong with your car, you need to check the engine, and maybe there's smoke coming out from the hood, like clearly something's wrong with your car. If that was happening to me, I'd be feeling pretty stressed and overwhelmed, I don't know what's going on, and if I um, pull over in that minute to stop for ice cream, I'm going to probably enjoy sitting in my car and eating ice cream for a few minutes, that's going to feel good, it's going to relieve some of my stress, but it hasn't actually fixed the problem. Like, I haven't addressed the fact that the warning lights went off and there's something wrong inside of my car. Um, So, in that moment, I have the choice either to stop, look under the hood, address what's happening, um, or choose something else that's going to distract me. And it's the same for us, I think, with our emotions, that when we are facing difficult emotions, which most of us don't necessarily naturally know how to navigate or what to do with that, it's uncomfortable, it's painful, you have a choice in that moment, whether you are going to slow down, look under the hood, try to understand what you're feeling, bring it to the Lord, or whether you are going to grasp for relief in some other way, um, in your own way, on your own terms. So I think there's so many ways That we can do this, I think we do it by numbing ourselves um, with things like binging TV, or endlessly scrolling on our phones, or playing mindless games, or watching pornography, or staying busy all the time and never being alone, or um, using things like sex, or caffeine, or food, or shopping. Like, there's endless ways that we can um, grasp for that temporary relief to numb what's happening inside of us. Um, And I just want you to see, similar to, Dayton mentioned this the other night, that so often our desires are not the problem. It's what we do with those desires. It's the direction we go, the way that we demand for our desires to be fulfilled that becomes a problem. Um, And it it feels the same with our emotional experiences. That, for example, loneliness um, is not a rejection of God. Loneliness is a normal human emotion. It's a signal that's telling you, you are designed to be in relationship. You're designed for connection. And when you don't feel connected, it hurts. Um, so loneliness is a very natural signal. It's telling you that something needs attention. Um, but when we turn to an unhealthy coping strategy to deal with an emotion like loneliness, um, that's when it becomes a problem, a sin. That's when it becomes broken. Um, so Our emotions are impacted by this brokenness, by the corruption both around us, what happens to us, and inside of us. But, this is not the end of the story. Um, So you can go to the next slide. Um, Our emotions are broken, but God redeems our emotions. Um, I don't want you to get the picture that like, okay, well now our emotions are just tainted by sin. Um, And that's the end of the story, because our emotions are still um, really, in the way that God has designed them, and I, I think uh, in the way that He uses our emotional experiences to draw us to Him. Um, we are living in the already and the not yet, meaning God um, has not, we don't have full redemption yet. Um, our emotions will not be sinless <laughs> without the taint of sin until Jesus returns and finishes His work in us. Suffering will continue to happen until the day that we die. We will. Um, be longing for um, the way that it was supposed to be. So we won't be able to avoid pain and hurt and hard emotions, but I do really believe that God uses our emotions in this life, um, this side of heaven, to sanctify us and to draw us into more meaningful connection with him and with others. So um, part of the reason that I feel so passionate about why I have worked hard in my life, it's not necessarily natural to me to be aware of my emotions or to be healthy with them, um, but why I have worked on this and continue to work on it and I'm passionate about other people understanding their emotions is because um, I really think that emotional health and awareness contributes to both our holiness and our wholeness. It helps us to become more sanctified um, and it helps us to heal and become closer um, to the Lord. So. Um, where do you begin with emotional health? I guess the question we're going to kind of spend the rest of the time looking at is, how do you learn to value the gift of emotions? Um, how do you learn to steward them, steward them in godly ways, in redemptive ways? Um, so, my first suggestion to you, if you're willing to learn how to, um, steward your emotions well, is to learn to listen to your emotions. Meaning, Starting to ask yourself the feeling, not just being swept up in emotion or stuffing the emotion, but to learn to kind of slow down and press pause and ask yourself things like, what am I feeling? (laughs) That may sound like such a um, simple question. But just to slow down and ask, what am I feeling right now? What is the emotion that's coming up inside of me? Um, And then to ask, what is this emotion signaling to me? I've given you some examples of how sadness and fear and loneliness are these signals. So what if you just slowed down when you felt frustrated or, or angry or disappointed? What if you just slowed down to ask yourself, what am I feeling? Put a name to that, and then what is that emotion signaling to me? Where is that emotion coming from? Um, I know that even in an environment like Project where we're just running, 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 running it could be really hard to do that, but um, I would just encourage you to start building in some time whether that's when you sit down on a break at walmart or at the end of your day um, and we'll talk more at the end about some practical strategies for this but i would just encourage you to start getting curious about what's happening inside you. kind of open the hood of the car and take a look um, at what's going on so learn to listen to the signals that your emotions are sending um, but then i would also encourage you to learn to respond um, to your emotions and what i mean is um, Not just naming the emotion, now you're just sitting in it, but what will you choose to do with that feeling? Um, How can you trust and honor God with that feeling? Um, So I want to just point you uh, in a direction that I think the Bible models for us as far as what does it look like to respond to our emotions, to value them, um, to listen to them, and then to um, respond to them in a godly way. So you can go to the next slide. Um, the biblical model, and I have just three points here. Um, I'm sure there's more, but these are the three that um, that came to mind for me. The first one is just to pray. Prayer is always a healthy, appropriate place to express anything and everything that is on your heart. Um, we are amazingly invited to be totally honest um, and raw with God in our prayer. Um, so you're allowed to ask hard questions, to express raw emotions in your prayers to the Lord, um, to ask him questions about what he has for you in this healing and what he wants for you to learn. Um, if you've ever read uh, through the Psalms or through the book of Job, I think those are such beautiful models for us. of this um, totally honest expression in prayer that God invites us into. There's so many, I mean, really every psalm feels like David is just laying out or whoever the psalm writers are, laying their hearts out before the Lord. Um, it's totally honest. And so we are invited to do the same thing. Prayer is always an appropriate place to express what you feel. Um, I also think that Jesus um, models this for us. One of my, I think one of my favorite passages in the Bible um, is... When Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, right before he's about to be crucified, he's about to give himself up to die, um, and he knows what he's headed toward, like the the physical, spiritual pain that he's about to experience, and he is in distress. Um, It says in the Bible, I think it's in Matthew 26, that he is um, sorrowful to the point of death. So he knows, if you've ever felt like you're so overwhelmed by your emotion, Jesus knows what it is like to be distressed by the full weight of um, brokenness that he was about to face. And what Jesus does is he prays. He goes to his father and he actually says, Father, if there's any way that you could let this cup pass. Almost as if he's saying, like, God, if there's any other way, don't make me do this. And it, it strikes me because Jesus, knew he had to follow through like jesus knew the plan um and he was going to choose to follow god but that didn't stop him from this um raw expression of um sorrow and fear before his father and i just think that that passage has often given me so much freedom to feel like i can be so honest with my father Um, Even if I know that God is saying no to something, or I know that this suffering isn't just going to be lifted from me immediately, I am allowed to express what I feel to my Father. Um, And Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, yet, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So Jesus gives us this perfect model of, in his humanity, um, expressing what he feels, and then yielding what he feels, trusting it to God. Um, and that is a perfect model for, um, for us to follow in our emotions. So when you pray, don't edit things out. Don't try to come to God with the cleaner version or go figure things out on your own and then come back to him. Um, don't edit it out, just express it to him. And then pray. I always have to pray at the end, like, Lord, help me to trust you with this. I give it up to you. I don't know where this is going. I don't know what to do with this feeling. I give it back to you. Um, so pray. Um, the next thing that I think the Bible shows us to do with our emotions is to repent. Um, like I said, our, unfortunately, our rejection of God has affected our emotional experiences, and so it's important for us to acknowledge that, to own that. Um, to express to God and turn away from the ways that we have tried to escape from our emotions, the ways that we've tried to resolve our emotions without Him on our own terms, um, the ways that we have hurt other people, In our emotional reactions, um, the ways that we have refused to let God into our emotional world. There's so many ways that um, we can reject Him in our emotions and use them unwisely. And so um, I think it's biblical for us to repent our way through that, to um, after we have tried to understand the emotion and kind of take a look at what it might be saying to us, acknowledge the ways that your sin has shown up. Bring that to God, which we know um, that there is always forgiveness waiting for us as we confess our sin to Him, so there's freedom there. And then the last thing, um, as we pray and then we repent, is just to look to Jesus um, to return back to the truth. I, the goal of emotional awareness is never that you would become really focused on yourself, like the goal. Uh, Even some of these exercises that I'm going to show you in a minute are not to become really self-absorbed people who are constantly looking inside and checking and trying to understand what's happening inside of us. I think that's an important step is to understand that. But then get your eyes back on Jesus. Come back to the truth. Um, He is always there to meet you, to provide for you, to carry you through whatever emotional experience you're having. Um, And I don't ever want to paint like a pretty picture of if you just bring your emotions to God, then um, he will free you from them and everything will feel all better. Sometimes it's really messy. Again, read Psalms, read Job. It's really messy. Um, but I just so deeply believe that if you are willing to be honest with what's inside of you, God, you can connect with God. You can connect to the truth that is in Scripture. You can connect to his character and who he is for you in some really deep and profound ways. Um, So I would just encourage you, um, as you do the work to look at your emotions and understand them, let that be a springboard for you to look back to Jesus, to search for the promises about who he is, that he's always with you, that he won't abandon you or forsake you, that he's in control of your life, that he loves you, that he gives you worth. Like, there's so many promises to speak to um, whatever the emotion is that you are dealing with. So I want to pause us there. We're going to do is maybe just take a couple minute break, because I want to give you a minute to just kind of let that sink in. You need to run to the bathroom, take a stretch break. Um, We're just going to pause for a couple minutes, and then we're going to come back, and I want to give you some more kind of practical ideas about what it could look like um, to start learning to listen to your emotions. Um, So let's pause there, take like a three minute break, and then we'll get started. a few minutes i'm going to go through this really quickly but i do want to give you some maybe more practical ideas about how um you can work on this it really does emotional awareness feels kind of like a skill (laughs) it might come naturally to some people but for most of us it doesn't um so you might be on board with like okay god made our emotions good and it seems like it's important to be able to understand them so we can be healthy and connect with god and all of that but like how does that look Um, So, I'm hoping to give you a few kind of practical, um, just ideas or suggestions for some things to experiment with and see if it's helpful for you. Um, So, the first one, you can put it up there. Um, The first one, probably a lot of you have heard of this or seen it, but this is just a feelings wheel. (laughs) Uh, um, So, this is a feelings wheel. There's a few different versions of it. Basically, it's just... uh, a whole bunch of different feelings. There's really not a science to this. Sometimes people get caught up, like, okay, this is an angry piece of the pie, so I have to follow that it's, it's just a bunch of emotions um, that are there to help you sort of have a menu of options. <laughs> if you don't know how you're feeling, you might be able to look at this and say, oh, well, I can tell that I feel kind of angry, and then try to get a little more specific than that. Um, I guess I'm feeling kind of frustrated, or withdrawn, or not. So this is just meant to give you some um, language, kind of like when you're learning a new language, it's it's there to help you with that. So um, I know some people have used this like in discipleship groups or things like that where you have to name three emotions that you felt this week or things like that. I know it's not always easy. It's not always fun. It doesn't always feel natural. But I really do think using something like this just helps build language for um What are some of the emotions that might be happening inside of you? And if it helps, I think this kind of stuff is interesting. There's literally research on um, how when we name an emotion, like when we're able to put a label on it, that I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling disappointed, I'm feeling humiliated. It actually does something in our brain and body where it helps to start to soothe and calm and regulate the emotional response that's happening inside, which I just think is cool, that God designed our bodies that when we name it and express it, it actually helps to start calm or kind of bring us down from the emotion itself. So, um, kind of a follow-up to this exercise, you can go to the next. So that's the feelings wheel. Um, This is, I think people call it like the feelings jar. Um, And basically what this is, rather than just starting from scratch of like name three emotions that you felt, this one actually um, forces you, (laughs) uh, gives you some uh, options of emotions that, these are just kind of the basic human emotions. And so if you were to sit down with a feelings jar like this at the end of your day, what you would do is say, okay, I'm going to reflect on my day. When did I feel sad? And you're just going to kind of think throughout your day. Maybe it wasn't a super sad day. You're just going to sit with it until you can um, identify or acknowledge a moment in your day where you noticed maybe there was some sadness there. Um, sit with that. See if there's anything else there. Then when you feel ready, move on. When did I feel afraid? Is there anything that I was feeling anxious, nervous, fearful about? Can I reflect on your day? When was I feeling that way? Write that down. Then you move on, when did I feel now? Is there anything that I felt irritated by? That's fine, that's fine. Um, anything that made you feel angry, that made you feel irritated, you're just gonna reflect throughout your day. Um, try to pay attention to anything that made you feel angry. Um, and then move on, when did I feel joyful? So, and then anything else, any other emotions that show up? So what this is doing is rather than just kind of staring at an emotions wheel and like, I'm not sure what I felt at all. It's giving you some categories to slow down and say, as a human, There was probably a point in your day where you felt some sadness, or some fear, or some anger, or some joy. Um, So, slow down and see if you can just reflect on and start to um, identify those moments. So, that's the feelings jar. It's another exercise that you could try. Um, You can move to the next. Um, This is called an emotions iceberg, which is basically just the idea that there's um, a lot of times the emotion that's kind of on the surface, whether that's like the emotion that you're aware of, or the emotion that other people can see, But then there's a lot that's underneath the surface. So, for example, a lot of people use this with anger, where like if you have kind of an irritable or angry reaction, that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just the reaction that happened to come out um, on the surface. But there's a lot that's underneath. And so a way that you could use that is say that it was an angry reaction. Um, You might even want to use this. Sometimes I'll kind of draw it out like in a journal. Okay, we've got anger on the top, that's what's on the surface, but then if I slow down and maybe look at the feelings wheel to try to understand what was underneath that angry reaction that I just had to that person, I start to notice, oh, I actually was feeling really ashamed because of that comment that they made, or I was feeling really helpless, or I was already feeling really nervous about this other thing that happened earlier in the day. Like, you start to notice there's all these other emotions under the surface. Um, of the anger. So that's just another way um, to kind of take a look at what's happening on the surface that I'm aware of and then slow down, use the feelings wheel to try to understand what are the other feelings, thoughts, maybe lies or beliefs under the surface um, that were affecting that emotional reaction. Um, And then the last thing, I don't have a a visual for this, but um, it's just to practice writing prayers of lament or kind of writing your own psalm. Um, I'm not a huge journaler, but sometimes when I do journal, it's um, not so much like today. I felt sad. It's more like a prayer to the Lord, kind of like we see in the Psalms. So many of the Psalms are laments where um, it's just an expression, like I was saying earlier, of what we feel to the Lord as a prayer. And so if it helps you, um, I know not everyone, some people love to journal, some people don't. But think of this more as a spiritual exercise of um, lamenting, expressing Um, like we see in the Psalms. Um, So you could practice writing a prayer of lament, pouring out your heart, your questions, um, and then coming back to um, who God is and what the truth is. So um, I just listed for you the feelings wheel, um, the feelings jar exercise, the emotion iceberg, and then writing a prayer of lament. Um, What I want to do, because we have just a few minutes, I want to take like Five minutes. So this is just going to be a brief time. We're going to turn on some music. And I just would love for you to try one of these exercises. Um, maybe one that you haven't done before or one that feels like the easiest for you to connect with. Just pick one of them. It's an experiment. Could be great. Could be hard for you to connect with. But I would love for you to just pick one of those exercises. Spend the next five minutes um, just checking in with yourself and walking through the things we talked about. Trying to listen to what are the emotions that might be um, there. Maybe not in this moment, but as you reflect on the last few days for you. um, And just see if you can start to identify what's happening under the hood for you right now. Make sense? Thank you for listening to this message from the 2023 Summer Training Project, hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of the North Church. Please feel free to share this message with others but don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.